Jackson podcast. I'm here with the one and only Adana Boyer. So many times people call her Adana. Drives her crazy, drives me crazy. But it's it's Adana. They say Adana. So it's Adana. Just like Anna. I did love the name Anna. And my middle name is Anne. And I never liked it because it has no meaning. It has no connection to any ancestor or anything. But I did love the name Anna. And I thought if I gave her Anne in there somewhere that it had a an affiliation with me. Did you know that? <laughs> no. I know. So it's Anna. It's Adana like Anna. Her middle name is Yetunde. And um, it was like an interpretation of, uh, was that one father's daughter? No, Adana. Bo- Adana is a Nigerian interpretation of Adanya. So we changed it to Adana. And today's father's daughter, but I never liked that middle name. I, don't I know. Like I keep it. telling her she can change it. By all <laughs> means, go ahead and change your middle name. I think Adana was father's daughter. And Yetunde. No, I looked it up. Yetunde's no, Yetunde was mother comes again. I can't remember. I can't remember either. See. <laughs> <laughs> so I've told her, I'm like, you can change your middle name. I have no problem with that. Because mother comes again. <laughs> If, I, if I'm dead, I'll always be with you. Oh, okay. I don't know. <laughs> there you go. I can't remember. We just wanted it to somehow tie, you know, into her Nigerian culture. So, and I'm looking like I'm a little bit low on battery. I might have to stop this and go charge my battery, but on my, on my computer. But it is the Julie Jepson podcast. Lots of times I have gritty mamas on here talking about their experiences, their hardship, their wins, their tragedies, their triumphs. And today we have Adana, who has also experienced heartache, tragedy, triumph, and she's only 14. So Adana, as a little kid, let's see, she was born, you go ahead, introduce yourself. <laughs> okay, I'm Adana Boyer, I'm 14 years old, um, I love to do gymnastics, um, which is kind of going downhill a little bit, so we can talk about that. Um, I'm in 8th grade, I get to go to high school next year. Which is crazy. <laughs> I'm hanging myself over here. <laughs> that's crazy. And that's pretty much, that's just life right now. It's just gymnastics and school and babysitting. I mean, <laughs> somewhat. Yeah, and they get out with friends too. Yeah, she hangs out with friends. And she, um, sometimes I pay her for babysitting. Sometimes I don't. But she also has gone to like the BYU gymnastics camp, which is a week long, which is 500 bucks. So I'm like, you're babysitting. And that's going towards your gymnastics camp. Or what travel meets. Yes. All of her travel meets. She travels like seven to eight times a year. Normally, maybe not so much this year, but (laughs) (laughs) which is probably what we'll get into a little bit. But Adana, when was your birthday? October 29th. Okay. 2009. She was born October 29th. At 11.30. And, I don't know. I think it was 11.41 a.m. My first baby. It was all back labor. Oh, she sucked. <laughs> it was all back labor. I felt like I was being stabbed in the back by 50 daggers. But she came out six pounds, nine ounces, um, head full of hair, curly hair. <laughs> and I will not lie. She was hard from birth. <laughs> she was a hard baby. Number one, I was, I was, um, I lacked knowledge. I was first time mom had no idea what I was doing. And the other thing was that like, I just thought babies slept all the time. And Dana never slept, which has not changed. <laughs> she never slept. She just cried and cried and cried all the time. And I felt bad. I mean, I remember taking her into the pediatrician and he was like, oh, this baby again. And I was, <laughs> I was, I was so insulted. Because you cried all the time, and we didn't know why. 
And what a cookie dough. Oh, please. So <laughs> she was a tough baby. Cute little baby. Oh, my gosh. Everywhere I went, everybody stopped me. Oh, my gosh. Is she yours? Yes. Like, yours, yours? Like, she came out of you? Yes. She's my biological daughter from my womb. Um, and, man, she was... This girl could not, for the life of her, stop bouncing, <laughs> jumping all the time. I, this is a classic story I always tell about Adana was when I was getting other little kids in the car. She was sh- she was three years old. I had a three-year-old, 18-month-old, and newborn, like, for years. And then, so when she was three, she may as well have been nine because that's how <laughs> I treated her. I was like, go grab this. Can you hold her? Can you take this? So she's been always been a very old soul. Um, and had a lot of responsibilities, obviously, as the oldest of eight. But when she was three years old and I was getting other kids ready in the car, I pushed the garage door to open. And Adana just thought that she was going to take a little ride <laughs> to the top of the roof and held onto the garage as it was, like, going up. And I looked over and she was halfway up, just with this big smile on her face, just grinning ear to ear. Wee! And I was like, ah! Screamed for her to let go. Um... And it was it was terrifying. I'm just going to make sure these mics are on. Is my mic on? Because these are brand new mics. Okay. So she finally let go. I can't even remember if I ran and grabbed her. I think I did because I was worried that her knees were going to, like, break in half when she landed. But, like, from then on, like, I was like, this girl needs to be active, like, all the time. And her preschool teachers would say, she just never stops jumping. She was always jumping and bouncing and... Just excited for everything. Just a fearless little kid. So I wrote down some notes here about how Adana was fearless as a kid and how she was just vibrant and loved life. And um, she's number one out of eight kids. She was my earliest walker, earliest talker. She walked at like 11 months, well, just before her first birthday, which is just average. But my other kids took a long time to walk. She was chattering and jabbering. She was loud mouth. <laughs> um, and one of, and we quickly started her into gymnastics at age three, just like I have for the rest of my kids. I believe that it's a strong foundation for anything else that they want to do in life, whether that's football or dance or rugby, whatever it is they want to do. I believe that gymnastics gives them the strength, the agility, the flexibility, the discipline for everything else. It's kind of like a fundamental stepping stone into all sports, I think. Um, so we put her in at three she quickly advanced and um, became uh, part of the Olympus Gymnastics team, starting um, in level three, right? Hot shots, I think. Well, that's, that's not it. a part of the team. Oh, yeah. Hot, she, hot shots was like little five and six-year-olds who were advanced, learning and growing into mm-hmm. be on the team. So she um, joined level three, skipped level four. Went to level five and did it start in level five? I think it started in yeah, level five. I just five. had to test out a level five. Yeah, oh, yeah so, so we'll back up for you a little bit here. Um, one of her coaches said to me, she is the most talented gymnast, gymnast I have ever seen walk through these doors, which is pressure, right? Like, yeah, yes, it's a compliment, but it's also like, well, crap, I, I have to live up to that. Have you ever felt that? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, a lot. Yeah. So, I mean, it's great to get compliments, and at the same time, it's almost, like, damaging. How ironic is that? But um, as she grew older, some fears that she developed as a kid were a fear of elevators, which is common. Lots of people get freaked out getting in. And I've been stuck in an elevator before. 
and it was oh, crowded. Was um, she's terrified. What else are you afraid of? Airplanes. <laughs> afraid of airplanes. Holy, what else? They're so scary. Um, I'm um, obviously getting kidnapped. Like, um, I was afraid of drive-by shootings for a long time. Every car that drove by, I was like, oh my gosh, you're going to shoot me. Yeah, that's what happened when I out. Only when it's like a sketchy car, you're like, what the freak? So, normal fear. She was afraid of open water, like wakeboarding oh, yeah, and skiing. Because what? Was a fish going to attack you or something? Yes. I was scared of the fish. Like, I never went boating with my friends or like in the water. I just always have to watch them surf or See, tube. And, but did you, re- did you like understand that you were missing out? Yeah. Well, I don't even know. Well, it always felt so horrible just to be in the boat, just watching them all have fun. And I was just like, I can't do it. I'm too scared. So, that sucked. So glad that's changed because it's so much fun to do. Yes, because she can, she does get in elevators, she does get on planes. It's not like stopping her from living. Yeah, she did. She went on a plane by herself. It's horrifying. She got a little, um, where's Mm -hmm. that? Where's that? My scar right here. She's a tiny little, oh, it's right there. Move your hand. From what? The window out? Yes. If you guys can see that, you can barely see that little mark right there. She was running in the dark. They were playing tag outside, and she fell in a window well, which is pretty traumatizing. And she cut her chin or her jaw right there. As I was falling, just Fell into the window well, like probably falling into some never-ending abyss, and she thought she was going to go into who knows where, a never-ending tunnel. But um, she was hysterical. Would not stop crying. Yeah, I don't even know. <laughs> and I think it was because she was terrified of getting stitches. Yeah. Right? So I was like, then we're not going to get stitches because that'll be more traumatic than the actual injury itself. Yeah. So as she has developed more into womanhood, she has developed bigger fears because as a kid, you were just like killing it, right? Fearless, earliest walker, earliest talker, holding the garage door as it went up, most talented gymnast, made a ton of friends, outgoing. Um, So right now we're trying to find out why the heck these fears have surfaced. Um, And we've thought for a long time that it was mental blocks because um, in level five, she was supposed to do a back walk over on the beam. Couldn't do it. Two years straight, couldn't do it. You still don't really do them. Mm-hmm. Well, I was, yeah, because they just, in level nine, when you get there, you just don't do them anymore. Yeah. They hurt people's backs, so they just totally take them out, so. Yeah. I don't even do them. But even if I could, I still can't do it right now because of just what's happening in my brain right now. So her coach said that the beauty is that there were other options. If you don't want to do a back walkover, it was like a prerequisite to make it to level six. You have to do that back walkover. Well, she couldn't do it. So they said, well, let's have you do a handstand, hold that for three seconds and connect it into a back flick. And a flick is a back handspring on the beam. So she would do a three second hold right into a connected back flick. But if she paused and waited, there's a huge deduction. Mm-hmm. Like I'm learning all this stuff and she gets so mad at me when I'm like, wait, what's a bail? <laughs> Wait, what's a uh, Yurchenko and a Suk and a... I've been calling it Tchaikovsky because it all sounds like <laughs> Russian to me. Yes, that's it. <laughs> what is that? Tukotchev, is that the release yeah, move? Yeah, it's a release move. I know what a release move is. So, you guys, if you followed along long enough, um, she's been a gymnast all her life. The last now 11 years because she started at age three. Tell me why you love it. Tell them why you love it. Well, I was reading I was reading this gymnastics book because I'm so desperate just to get my skills back. So I had to take a gymnastics book to kind of help me. But in the gymnastics book, it was said, like the first page was like, um, we're, I'm going to like help you figure out like, or help you 
love your first love again. Like, it was my first love. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously you were, and obviously my family was, but, like, that was my first love. Like, yeah. it was never a boy. It was it was gymnastics. So that's what, like, I stuck with. And yeah, because I put her in dance because dance was my first love. <laughs> she's like, this sucks. So I was like, well, <laughs> I love dance. I just couldn't do ballet. Oh, I just wanted to move. Because she was very much a tomboy. Ballet. She was kind of like me, tomboy didn't like to do her fingernails, didn't like to do her hair, didn't like makeup. Oh, that has changed. Oh, that has changed. She's more <laughs> feminine now. But as a little kid, she just wanted to be the sportsy, you know, power, powerful. She lacked a little bit of grace, which is probably why she hated ballet because of the slow tempo of it. But grace also helps you in gymnastics combined with strength and power. So she's been working on the graceful aspect of it, which she's gotten much better at. But um, continue. So you've been reading that? Yeah, I was reading that book, and it also said, we can probably talk about this later, too, when we get there, but the thing that really stuck out to me is because since I was so, like, like powerful, I guess, and, like, I don't know, I just wanted everything to just be me and nobody else helping me, the book said, um, and don't be the kind of athlete to go through the fears, like, by yourself. Like, you need help. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I do need help. Mm. So that that book, because I know you told me that, and I was like, no, this is me. I want to be able to do because this. Because the mom can't say anything. <laughs> but it has to be the book that tells me. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that, was, that was good to hear that. Well, I felt the same way, like, with all the stuff that I'm going through. You know, you want to be able to say that you conquered yourself. Yeah. You want to be able to say, like, I did this on my own accord, my own willpower, my own strength. But then there's there's Heavenly Father in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And then if we only rely on ourselves, then when another challenge in our life comes, we want to say, no, I want to do this myself. But like we're denying the power, I think, of God to yeah. help us. And then other people, you know, our, our village of friends and family that are there to help because we couldn't have survived without people helping mm-hmm. us right now. Yeah, we couldn't have. Right? We have like no food. I think like everybody brings us food. That's helped a lot. Yeah. So I think that's great. That was kind of eye opening. I haven't heard mm-hmm. that. When was that? Yeah. It was. Is in that? Did you see that book downstairs? The flipping gymnast. Yeah. But like last night, you read it or something? Well, I was. I like took it to gym, and I was like in line. I was just like reading it <laughs> before I went, and that's when I saw it. Like it has good quotes in there. I don't know. It's obviously not gonna help me, like get better. Yes, it is because it's all up here. Yeah, I guess so. Right. Okay. Yeah. So so she she finally. Um, masters what she has to have for level five and then skips level five altogether. Okay. She's just killing the levels, just like destroying them as in skipping levels. She tests out of level five. It's like testing out of a math class, right? They, they, they see one test, you test out. She tests out of level five, joins level six, slaughters Mm -hmm. the competition. She's like, for th- I didn't even do level six. You didn't do I level, six. level six. Oh and my word. Seven. Like, I think this is where this is all coming from. It was like rapid progression, like all like this. There was no down except for the back walkover. And I do have to mention, she did fracture her patella. We didn't know why, but she kept saying her knee was hurting. So we finally had that x-ray. There was a small little sliver fracture. So they said to take a break um, for six weeks. She doesn't remember this, but I remember her coming back after six weeks being a little nervous and hesitant to do a back handspring, which is normal after an injury. Um, But she grew out of it. But sometimes I'm like, hmm, that was the start of her being worried about going backwards. Because she can do mostly front skills, right? Yeah, well, until now. Now you can't do front ones? No. Everything just everything just collapsed. And it, then I can do side skills. Like, ugh. So that's why I think this is more than a mental block. We have talked before 
mental coaches who are all fantastic and have mm-hmm. amazing knowledge. We've talked to Jeff Meyer, you guys know, with Alpha Flow Athletics, who trains um, elite athletes, Olympians, collegiate, you know, athletes all over the place, football players, gymnasts. Then we've talked to Rebecca Cressman, who is a gymnast um, performing. Uh, she's in. She helps elite gymnasts in the same in the same realm of mental coaching. Then we talked with um, McKenna Pratt, who is the wife of one of the coaches of the University of Utah Red Rocks gymnastics team. Am I saying all this right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we talked to Coach Lisa Mitzel, who is fantastic with her mental coaching and. Um, slowing down and what did it involve? She flew to California. Yeah, she flew to, to yeah. Oakland and like studied for mm-hmm. four days with her. So what did they all teach you? What has been they, the benefit like, of it? The thing that like they all tell me to do is visualize, which I absolutely hate visualizing How so come? much. Why do you hate it? I don't, I don't even know because I, I used to like when they first told me that I was like, oh my, that's such a good idea. But after everybody has told me it and it just doesn't help, like I want something different, like not visualizing, because if I just like close my eyes and every day visualize me doing this skill slowly or faster or on the beam, I like, first of all, I can never do it. My brain does not make, like keep me on the beam if I visualize on the beam. And I just like every every time I do it before sleep, I just fall asleep. Like I, I just never do it. I don't know. Well, it can't hurt, right? It doesn't hurt. I still can try, but I just, it doesn't hurt. At least it doesn't like, yeah. So she's tired of She's basically tired of the mental coaching, tired of, of visualizing and, um, but all of these things that these coaches have taught her are, are good and are beneficial when you are dealing with mental blocks. But what do you think it is if it's not mental blocks? Mental blocks are what? Well, it's just, it's literally a mental block. Like if it's pretty self-explanatory, it's like, it's your brain mentally and it's just literally a, a block, like a wall. So like if. Like, all gymnasts have it. It's just a calmest gymnast, common gymnast thing. Like, I don't even know how to explain it. It's it's just... It's a skill that she used to be able to do, and all of a sudden, overnight, they can't do and it. Sometimes, and if, it's usually if you, if you have never tried this skill before, that's, that, that's just scared. But if you've done this skill, you're good at it. Like, for example, my flick lay. I'm good at it. I've done that so long. That's a back so handspring into a back yeah. layout on the beam. Mm-hmm. We could show you a video, maybe. Yeah, I'll, I'll be adding videos to this. <laughs> adding videos. But, yeah, it's a flick lay, you go backwards. I've done that, like, for so long. And then one day I just couldn't do it. And I couldn't. And that's what's a mental block is that you don't even know what happens. And, like, I made it perfectly, and the next turn I couldn't do it. So it's, like, it can be a traumatic thing or it can just happen. Where, like, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just, so that's a mental block. And, and she's had that. But I do believe, and you correct me if I'm wrong, I do think that this is more than just a mental block. I think this is deeper. I think this maybe has to do with trauma. It could have something to do with me, me pressuring her and not realizing it when she was younger. Come on, Adana, just go. You're fine. Just do it. I've totally said that because I don't know. I'm not a coach and that's bad parenting to gymnasts. Um, Bribery, Dan, I'll give you a hundred bucks if you do it. Doesn't work. It did work one time. I said, if you don't go, it more not so much bribery, it was punishment. If you don't go, I'm sorry, you can't go to Florida to compete. I don't know why, but that was like, because I did that with Arizona too, because all my friends are in Arizona right now. I would have been there. But my mental blocks got in the way, or I don't even know what they are anymore, because now that I think about it, like it doesn't feel like a mental block. Cause no, I think it's, it's deeper. It's deeper, because it's but, not just one skill, now she can't do anything. Yeah. And I, she's like one of the top on the team. 
yeah. and she's been the MVP, the gymnast of the year, like two or two years in a row, not because like they handpicked her, but because she was selected because of her high scoring. So she just automatically became the MVP because of her scores. And it wasn't like a favoritism thing. She just had it because she was the highest. Um, so those fears as a young kid um, have grown. As she's gotten bigger, she's still got the fear of airplanes. Doesn't hold her back from going. I think you have a fear of failure, disappointing people, maybe disappointing yourself and the pressure that people give you. Like, come on, Adana, you can do this better than anyone. What's the problem? Um, are you afraid of that if you go, you'll fail? Um, well, yeah, kind of. It's not, I don't even know what it is. Like, it seriously just feels like, I don't even know. Then, um, do you have a fear of letting people down? Yeah, well, because letting my team down, because, like, like if, it, if you're a team, like, that means you all work together to get the score. Like, but I'm just always sitting here at home while they're all co- going to compete, and I just feel helpless, just doing nothing. But some of the things that she has been fearless in, she has switched schools, which is also probably, you know, added to stress, but... She's thrived there socially. Her grades can be a little bit better, but um, she's got tons of friends. She is trying new things, especially with her hair. She's more confident with her hair. It doesn't bug her as much. She doesn't feel as self... Well, correct me. Well, What's the deal I with your hair? I still do... Like, I don't... I don't know. I just still want, like, the straight hair, but I don't know. I can't really change that. Yeah, so, so you've kind of come to terms with, like, this is how you were born. Yeah. This is who you are. Um... So those are some other things like she has, as she grows, she has become fearless in certain things and fearful in others, just like all of us. Um, so I guess the plan moving forward is where we're at at this point. So many people are cheering for her and we are so thankful because it's, it uplifts, encourages, um, this kind of started like to get more serious as far as her blocks last year, last January or February, March-ish, she started scratching events, meaning she would touch the beam, salute to the judges, touch the beam, meaning I take a knee. I'm not doing this event. But she still had to touch it. Um, and then that became more common than not. And then I was getting frustrated with her because I'm like, I'm not going to pay for you to go to these events to scratch. I'm not going to pay 500 bucks for you to fly to Vegas and join your team to clap for them. Like, can't, can't do it, can't afford it. So, um, A, that's pressure. B, that's punishment. C, it's bribery. Like, well, if you, if you do it, then you can go. If you don't do it, then you can't go. Like, it's, it's just this recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm. So, um, when something doesn't work for her, what, what we know doesn't work for her is when she, she shuts down. She just altogether wants to be done. Like, she, she gets a little prideful. I'm not saying this is a dig. This is me too. Um, we know that bribes don't work, punishments don't work. Sometimes bribes work. <laughs> they have never worked. The only time it worked is when I said you can't go to Florida well, unless yeah, you do I this. Yeah, I think that's because that was my that's my first time. And because it's Florida, that's my dream place. Let's see what 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 is it? <laughs> that's my dream college. I even have my Florida flag. It's just hanging up in my room. She wants to be <laughs> a gator. gator. So she's got this in her room. I mean, that's visualizing, right? Just having it there. She wants to be a Florida Gator. and um, But when she can't do these skills, I mean, the whole house knows about it. (laughs) 
Like my whole gym knows about yeah, it. Yeah, because she wears it on her sleeve. She's not, but, but I get it. She's mad. You uh, get angry. You shut down, and then refuse help, mm-hmm. right? So, we wanted to get on here and podcast a little bit about that and Adana's plans because I said, look, because people have said, and I know you're asking yourselves. Well, maybe she wants to quit deep down, Julie, but you're the one being like, come on, Adana, you can do this. And maybe she doesn't want to let you down. And so I have said, like, if you don't want to do it, if you want to try a drill team, if you want to do dance club, I mean, I'm not, you'd have to like start training because she's going into high school next year. And this is where things start to get serious. And why do they start to get serious? Because that's when um, recruiters start looking at you. When she's a junior, they are signed. So do recruiters come when you're sophomores? They come when you're freshmen. Like, they'll just watch you when, like, just, they watch you as a level 10. I caramba. So that's why I said, this is getting serious. And if this is something that she wants to pursue, she either has to go all in, all in. To me, that means you give it everything you have. If that means extra help, like, I had to have extra tutoring for some classes in school. It's, like, humbling because you're like, hi, I'm not smart. She just need extra help with some things and other people don't. Other people need extra help with reading, and you're whipping through books like, like, you're uh, some professor reading. You know, yeah. and some people don't do very well speaking. Others are, um, are like very eloquent. We all have different gifts, right? So I just said now is the time. If you're gonna do this, you have to commit, and that might mean extra practice. That might mean extra sessions with coaches who can help her mentally. That might mean, um. I mean, it's just like the athlete that goes and does the suction cups or does extra massage or gets up at 4 a.m. to practice before anyone's even awake. There's sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And it just depends on if you want to do that. Yeah, it's like so tempting to be go on the drill team and just have a normal high school life and like go to like the dances and everything. But I've done like gymnastics since I was three years old and I so, I so badly want to quit and I so badly want to keep doing it because I'm just so... I'm so sick of just standing there and just doing nothing. But, like, it was my first love. And so hard to just think of what I want to do. It's just, I don't know. This is, I've had mental blocks before, but this is probably the worst mental block, anxiety thing. I don't even know what it is that I've ever had. So, it's so hard to, like, keep hopeful. So, what's the plan? What do you want? What do you want? I want to do gymnastics, but, like... I don't know how long I'm just going to be standing there on the beam doing nothing. I guess that's when it all comes down to you, right? It yeah. all comes down to you because it's all up here. She knows mm-hmm. that. Physically, everybody knows she can do it. She knows she can do it. And so we have now, we're going to try kind of a Hail Mary. We're working with a graduate student who is a sports psychologist, which is going to be helpful probably just like the rest of them. But we've also... Uh, looked into a hypnotherapist who um, kind of does, what's it called now? She said to me, she go, we go into the brain, we pull a file out, reprogram it and insert it back. Because this could be something from her past, like if she fell off the bed when she was three years old and it has caused all of a sudden this anxiety later in her life. Um, but if we can grab a hold of it and figure out what it is and she can be like, that was the turning point, kind of heal that, um, create some new neural pathways in her brain to be like, look, don't let this own your life anymore. So tell them what your plan is moving forward so that when we check in again six six months from now, 
we can decide or we can look back and be like, this is how far we've come or the shift in course, course correction. I want to go look six months in the future and just see what happens. But I want to, I want to keep doing gymnastics, but I don't know how long that I'll be able, I want to go just standing there. I wanted, I want to do it, keep going and get to like level 10. Because I know that if I quit, like, as a level 9 right now, I'll, I'll just be so regretful. Be like, I should have just at least made it to level 10. Or at least done my flick lay one more time. Or, like, done a release move or something. So, I want to keep doing it. I don't want to regret it for the rest of my life, so. She's like me. I would never want to look back either and be like, I was right there. Yeah. It's like you're digging for the gold and you're last. You're like, I'm sick of digging. And you finally get there and you quit. And then one more swipe would have been the the gold mine yeah and I guess it's the it's the unknown not knowing when that's going to come so what are you willing to do I mean I don't want to keep doing more mental training stuff but that will help then I guess because it's so annoying to get on calls and just hear the same thing over and over and do hypnotherapy whatever that is but I mean I don't know. I'm just going to try it see what happens. So this hypnotherapy is like regression modalities where she doesn't so much do the mental blocks and like, okay, so on this skill, you're stuck here. She goes back into um, things you've experienced and tries to change it, I guess. And who knows? Like I said, it's a Hail Mary. I'm sure there's lots of... Um, controversy with hypnotherapists I know even with me I'm like I don't know about this but it can't it can't hurt we're just gonna try everything mm -hmm. so tell them what you're willing to do then yeah, yeah I'm willing to try um mental training and hypnotherapy and just keep going to gymnastics every day and then I guess we'll see from there so what about what about at the gym when you're just standing around what are you willing to do because nothing changes if nothing changes what will you do I don't know. Now when you think about it. And, and I don't have an answer for you. I'm not like, oh, what's the magic answer? If you're just standing around and you're letting everybody lap you and you can't go, what are you going to do differently in that moment to say that you somehow gave it your all? Um, just... I don't, I don't know, because I always just run and then stop. Like, I, there's nothing I can do except for just... There's got to be something different that you could change instead of standing or balking. All I have is going for it, but that's not that easy, so I don't know. Okay, so we'll check back in six months and see, like, what it was for her that made her not stop, not balk right before an event or a skill. I hope this doesn't die. Anyway, that's all we've got for you right now. Coming live from the closet casting here in the bedroom. Um, I've got kids napping. Are you feeling hopeful or discouraged or what? Both. <laughs> like half and half. Are you about to cry? No. Are you on the verge? No. Do you feel a lump in your throat? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's brave. This is a hard thing. We're willing to give it everything we've got. Because she's come so far and done so much, and it is hard to, like, close the door on. It'd be easy if you had an injured body, right? Yeah. You could just be like, well, I broke my back. Easy. 
But you can see she gets emotional about it because it's been her life for the last 11 years. We've had to deal with changes in our family life at home. Mm -hmm. Um, And some people would ask themselves, well, is it because of that? I don't think it's because of that. I think it's, I think it's made it worse and made it more difficult, but she's strong. She will get it. She will do whatever she has to do with no regrets. And if that means that you take a break, some people say, just take a break. Can you just take a break from gym? Well, yeah, but I feel like that would make it worse. That, that, and if you take a break from gym, like you, it's not like you regress, but they don't let you just right back on. Yeah. I'll just be doing nothing at home. She'll be babysitting. (laughs) (laughs) Hang on, Adana. You'll get it. You just have to fight. You have to fight yourself. I think it's you against you. Yeah. You're your worst enemy. Mm-hmm. You know, keep reading the things that will change the way you think, just like you read in that book. Because, yeah, you've been very hesitant for more help because you want it to all be you, yeah. which is noble. I would, too. Sometimes you just need a little kick in the pants from something else. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So we're going to try this... Um, regression-based therapy. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> work with the graduate student on some psychology, mental psychology. And then I want you to start just the best that you can. Be fearless like you once were. Mm-hmm. And when you go, you can make a decision that says, when I start, I will not stop. And be true to yourself. If you're going to run over the vault, you don't go unless, I mean, you commit. And when you start running, you don't stop. Mm-hmm. Same thing with everything in your life. If you're going for a goal, you go until you get there. Yeah. Because believe me, there's a lot of things I wanted to quit right now, and podcasting is one of them. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm like, what am I even doing? YouTubing, I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I even doing? But then I get an encouraging word from one of you, you guys, or the viewers on YouTube that say, keep going, Julie. You can wake up now, yes. And I I make it another week. Keep going. Don't give up. Don't rip on yourself. And hang on. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you, I think this is all coupled with prayer. This is prayer and grit, guys. Grit and grace makes you great. Mm-hmm. Any last words? Um, I don't know, keep hope and keep praying and follow your dreams. <laughs> That's all I got. Are you saying that to yourself? Yes, me and everybody else too. Alright, we'll check back Show in them. again. Yeah, we'll check back in. Thank you guys. Over now. out.